1: The Indiana Pacers.
2: Reggie from the wing, hit! Boom,
0: Boom, 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 boom! To the big fella, fake, shoots, and hits,
2: hits, 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 hits! seconds to play. Seven. Here's a three by D. Oh, he hit it! Victor deep ball from three point range! 99, 18.7 seconds left. Miller for three, and he got it. Reggie Miller with a clutch tray and a steal. Miller retreats to the three point line.
1: and hit
3: him again. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to Setting the Pace. Facci, what episode is this?
2: I believe this is episode 16.
3: Episode 16, probably the worst episode you're ever going to hear um we have to talk about the horrible injury to victor ladipo last night but before we do that i want to say it's good to have our our partner in crime back the insider and coach tyler smith tyler welcome back man
4: hey it's good to be back guys how we doing
2: oh we could be doing a bit better tyler but you know that firsthand
3: (laughs) yeah yeah, so I mean, you were there last night, Tyler, uh, right? I believe you were there, right?
4: Yeah, I was, I was so, there.
3: So, just just talk to us a little bit about what was going on in that arena when Oladipo fell down.
4: Man, it was tough. Uh, you could just you just could just feel right from the from the start there when he fell that something was off. I mean, even um, you know, obviously people close to him could see something wrong and they covered the knee up, but you just had a had a feeling uh, that it was serious and whenever that happens it's just so deflating uh you know coming home from maker's life you know it was like a state of shock and a little bit of disbelief but then when you wake up the next morning it's like I don't know if you guys can relate to this some of our listeners maybe it's like dealing with a really bad breakup in the past you know like one of those <laughs> yes. the, one of those tough breakups where you're sad when it happens you're kind of shell-shocked but then you wake up the next morning and you're just like did that really happen like it's just a big punch in the gut you know that that's the closest thing i could relate it to i guess
2: Yeah, honestly it's devastating i mean as a patient fan we we've All of us. We've been down this route before in the past, most recently with Paul George. I mean, we lost Danny in the past, and it's just, it's so tough because this team was playing such good basketball. I mean, and the depth on this team was, I believe, the the deepest of any team in the league. So while I don't think that you can, there's going to be anyone to just replace Oladipo, there's a couple different paths that we might have to consider to take, and maybe that guy's already on the roster. Who knows?
3: Well, well, let me ask you guys this because there are a couple of paths you can you can take and so I'll start with you Tyler. If you, if you're Kevin Pritchard and you're looking at this situation, do you just ride it out with the guys you have or do you, you know, the trade deadline's coming up soon. We've heard Mike Conley's name thrown around. Do you go out there and try to get a guy that can, you know, be a closer, be someone that you can count on late in games because we know Mike Conley's done that before for the Grizzlies? Do you, do you go out there and try to get someone like that, even though it might cost you a couple pieces? Or do you just ride it out and let Aaron Holiday kind of grow a little bit, playing that backup point guard spot?
4: Well, one thing I've said before on the show is I think, I think Kevin Pritchard is, by nature, pretty aggressive. He's not going to rule anything out. Um, I think he's at least going to call around and ask and see if he can uh, find somebody to help this team. And I could also see him... You know, asking around and dangling some of his pieces to see what he could get for future assets and then make a decision. You know, I think a lot of gen- general managers and presidents, they don't just go for one thing all the time. They make lots of calls, they review all the options, and then they make their decision based on what they could get. Um, but I do think he's going to be aggressive. He doesn't believe in tanking. Um, uh, more than likely, I could see them standing pat for the most part and maybe making one addition. may not be the huge splash the fans want with a, a Kembo or a Conley-type player, but um, if I were guessing, I would say he's going to go out and get somebody without giving up one of the core players.
3: What are your thoughts on that, Fauci?
2: <sighs> Man, I mean, I, I don't want to overreact because I don't want to blow it up, but while our biggest asset has been expiring contracts – I think that it, it could be time to potentially try and flip one of those. Um, and Alex, we spoke offline about a, a possible deal that could involve Evan Fournier, which uh, I'm I'm kind of in on. I, I think that he'd fit the team pretty well, and you'd take back about 34 million in salary over the next two years, which it's not crazy, it's not pennies, but it's not 67 million like Mike Conley. But, I mean, I, I would like to make a move, uh, having about the fifth-best record in the league right now. it is. I wouldn't be opposed to dangling a first-round pick if it can get us through this year. What, yeah. what do you think?
3: I mean, my, my biggest concern with this Oladipo injury is it's already hard enough to get free agents here in in the offseason, right? Who wants to come play in Indiana? I mean, we always kind of get the the, the second-tier free agents, third-tier free agents. So, with Oladipo being hurt, you know, here's a guy that you kind of hope can be the attractive piece to your roster. If he's not playing, I mean, if he's not playing and he's out, and we know with Paul George, even though when he came back, he wasn't 100% healthy when he first came back. We're seeing with Gordon Hayward now in Boston, It's it takes some time to get yourself back into a groove, and so... Do you really want to bank on getting free agents this offseason? Because if not, you're gonna get stuck with, you know, Tyreek Evans type players where they're good, but they're not that top level tier guy that you want. Or do you go out there and, and sign a guy that's got a little bit of length on his contract and, and trade an expiring for a team that's wanting to get off that that cap, you know? So that that's the only thing that I'm really concerned about is what do you believe in as far as your team? I mean, you got a, you've got a great Front court and Miles Turner and Sabonis. I mean, those two are pieces that are going to be attractive to any team. Do you do you shop one of those? I mean, I wouldn't do that yet. I, I would I would shop my expirings before I do all of that. But you know, we talked about that trade a little bit. I, I I made some tweaks to it just thinking about it. If you can if you can get rid of Darren Collison, Doug McDermott, and Kyle Quinn for an Evan Fournier and a Jonathan Simmons, that's not going to change your team you know completely. But I do think overall that that does help the depth of your roster for this season, and it might help you actually get a home court still in the playoffs where this team's already won 32 games. There's no way they're going to miss the playoffs. I mean, the East is too weak. So they're going to make it regardless with this team or you know, with with or without Oladipo. So I, I guess my biggest thing is if you're Pritchard, do you believe that you can get free agency or not? So, Tyler, lots of, lots of reply to there, but just kind of attack where you want.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think more than likely the guys that are not going anywhere, um, as tempting as it may be for some, would be the Turner Sabonis, and I don't think Aaron Holley is going anywhere. I, what's really tough are guys like Fad Young and Darren Carlson because the leadership they bring, and you know, when when the locker room is down, um, it would be a pretty quick uh, trade uh, to maybe kick them again. But you know, Pritchard, you know, his goal has got to be um, not only this year, but look ahead to the future. So I do think you know he's going to be working the phones like crazy and uh he's gonna he's gonna have some really tough decisions to make, but as you said, it's a thirty two and fifteen team we're talking about you know I actually tweeted this I think it was like maybe ten minutes after the injury that you know one thing I know for sure this team is not gonna roll <laughs> roll over they're gonna keep no. fighting and they're gonna be a team that is still gonna make uh, the fans proud um but with all of that, you know when you have a group of good guys and likable guys, it's even harder I think for Pritchard to to make those kind of decisions because you know Thad young is the captain of this team, he willed him to victory last night. They call him the glue. Um, at the same time, he'd be one of the one of the best pieces to move in a trade if you're looking to the future. So, really tough. I do not envy uh, Pritchard's position right now.
2: I think moving Thad without with not having Oladipo on the court could be pretty devastating to the team's chemistry. Uh, I, I think that you know, just as you mentioned, everybody knows just how valuable he is to the team, and sure, he would be. Super valuable to many contenders. But I would love to – I'm ruling out – I know not that I have a say, but in my mind, we can't trade Sabonis or Turner. You have to keep those guys. Look to move the, the Tyreek Evans, the the Corey Josephs, those guys. And taking just taking a look at the standings, I mean currently we're seven games up on the Nets for the sixth seed, nine games up on Charlotte for seventh. There's – essentially it, it seems impossible for the Pacers to fall out of the playoffs but making a move could really get us that home court advantage. Where if you play Boston in the first round without home court, I mean, it's it's going to be a wasted year. Uh, I think that while sure getting out of the first round isn't isn't something to brag to everybody about, we got to get out of the first round. It, it it would it would mean a lot to attract free agents to know that hey, imagine what this team could have done with a healthy Oladipo. So. I'm not opposed to making a trade for Fournier knowing that two years, $34 million, that's that's more than fine with the deals that are being tossed around. Uh, another name that I looked at, and Alex, we spoke about it. There's guys like a, a lower tier of like a, a Kent Bazemore um, or maybe put in a call for a- Avery Bradley. They're, they're not the sexiest of moves, but they're moves that aren't going to cost us an arm and leg.
3: What about Sim Hardaway Jr.? Uh, obviously there's been some interesting stuff going on with him in New York and Alonzo Trier and all that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even sure exactly what's been going on, but I've been seeing stuff on Twitter about them not really getting along. There's something with a DM that happened. I, I don't even know, but I, I think that they'd be willing to get off that contract as well, and that'd be someone that could really help you uh, as far as scoring the ball and creating off the dribble, and that might be somebody you look at to add to your bench.
2: Oh, they'd beg to get rid of that contract. Yeah. They would.
3: I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just interesting because, it, to me, it feels like Pritchard, I mean, somebody even retweeted uh, or tweeted at him last night and said, would you guys consider tanking? And he said, never, <laughs> with an <laughs> exclamation point. So, you know, we know that Pritchard and this Indiana Pacers, you know, front office and mindset, they're not going to give up. And I want to go to you, Tyler, on this because everybody's writing the Pacers off now. I mean, nobody is giving them a shot. They're saying they're completely done, mm. which – we know, we know they're not going to win a championship. We knew probably with Oladipo they were not a championship level team. But how can that motivate a locker room that's pretty much being dumped on because their their best player got hurt?
4: I mean, it, it fits right into to the hands of these guys. I mean, they they they're fueled by it, and they have been the last couple of years. And it's a special. I, I mean, I can't stated enough how special um this locker room this group of guys is so i mean if they do stay together maybe even if they add to it they're going to be competitive i mean i think this year they're what nine and four in games that oladipo either uh, got hurt in or didn't play um huge improvement obviously from last year but um they're going to be competitive they got several games coming up that they can win there's a pretty brutal stretch in march but i mean this is a team that they're going to have a good record, probably winning a record even without Victor. And that says a lot, but um, I think uh, anybody wants to write them off, let them um, that may bond the city and and the fans and the team even more um, to try to make a little bit of noise and and be something to be proud of.
3: Yeah. I mean, they have talent. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we've seen actually improved play from Tyreek Evans throughout, you know, the last couple of weeks and, I don't know, Tyler, if you heard our podcast when you were off about the grades, uh, where we gave each player a grade. Fauci was pretty hard on Tyreek and gave him a flat-out F. F. Uh, I mean, if he could have gave him a Z, I think he would have given him a Z. But, you know... possible. He had to stop at an F. I mean, I mean, Fauci was very critical of just some of the players on this team that he thought they should be doing better. You know, not a big fan of TJ Leaf as well. So, yeah. I mean... But, but Tyreek's been playing a, a lot better, and you know, he did better as a starter in Memphis. Now he hasn't been the best starter here, but that was before he had that knee surgery. Do we think that Tyreek Evans could be, you know, somebody that helps carry this the scoring load with Oladipo out? I'll go to you, Fachi, since you're yeah, since you're the cater
2: Hey, uh, if if we had done that podcast mm, maybe about a week later, I probably would have passed him with a D plus. You know, maybe it's minus. <laughs> C-. But hey, he he really C- has a chance yeah, right. to. Uh, to earn earn that money, you know this is his chance right now. I mean, he can he's still hitting free agency. Uh, I, I mean, there's still 35 games to re, uh, remaining on the Pacers' season. I don't think that if you ask me now, I don't think he's coming back. But he will be. He will be in the league next year a, a thousand percent. So this is his chance to earn a new contract. So he's got every incentive to go out there and play his best basketball, and we need it. You know, this this is a we signed him to be that that second tier scorer. Obviously, you hope Miles would be that guy, but now we're looking to him to take over that role. It, it's a hard role to take over, but I'm thankful to have Tyreek Evans on this roster at this moment.
3: You Got anything to say to that, Tyler?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, if he if he can be even close to what he was last year, averaging 19 something points a game and taking over a lot of games late, um, we've seen flashes of it, especially like you said, um, being a little. Little more healthy and uh, getting more used to the system, and he's feeling better. He's, I mean, even how he talks to the media, it seems like a kind of a rejuvenated Tyreek. Um, we'll call him eligible Tyreek now with the D, plus, uh, which is a good thing. But <laughs> yep. I think, you know, he never. Uh, people get on me for being too positive at times, but you have to at least try to look at the positives and think that not only Evans um, being in this position, uh, you know, one reason they went after him, but a guy like Aaron holiday, you know, he's going to step into uh, Tyreek's role as far as minutes played. And um, this is that opportunity for him and and the other young guys to step up and and see what you have. You get a better glimpse of what you have for the future um, for those guys. So we'll see what happens. What do you you guys think about holiday and, and his opportunity here?
2: I think it's going to be big for uh, his progression uh, moving forward. I mean, sometimes just being thrusted out there and maybe, you know, in a sink or, sim, sink or swim kind of moment where you got to kind of play more minutes than you were prepared for, I think it could only benefit him. Uh, you try and look for the positives, just like you said, and, and I think that long-term, this will be good for him.
3: I I really like this opportunity for Aaron Holiday. You don't want to really give him this opportunity this, this way, right? You don't want to lose your best player for it, but – you know, Holiday's a scorer, and he's pretty fearless. And giving him some minutes off the bench, I mean, he's actually won a couple games for the Pacers with his energy off the bench. I'd be interested to see what they can get for him. And I think that um, from him, not for him, sorry, I'm not trying to trade him. But, <laughs> but from him, I mean, this is somebody that they kind of wanted to, you know, play as that backup point guard. There was reports from Brian Windhorst that this team was actually, you know, sh- like shopping Collison and or Corey Joseph because they wanted to get Holiday more minutes. So now that he's got this opportunity, he's going to be playing off the ball, probably some with Corey right on the offense uh, with that second unit. But I, I just think that we could see him develop. We could see his growth a little bit earlier than we probably would have uh, with Oladipo in the roster or with, in the lineup, in the rotation. And if this is someone that they want to consider playing in the backcourt with Oladipo in the next couple of years – I'm all for it. I, I cannot wait to see this growth that we see from Holiday, and all the holidays, for that matter. Of fact, are are really good NBA players. So I don't have any doubt that he can be mm-hmm. a rotational player for us for sure. But if he can be, you know, somebody that they rely on or go to um, for the future, this is a great place to start and look at what he can bring to you without the pressure of being a starter or asked to be to be doing too much.
4: Yeah, you know, I would think that pritchard might be looking at uh you know if he does make an addition it may be one of the point guards or you know something to where holiday does still get minutes um yeah you know you got you got to weigh those options you know if this is the opportunity i think to to see what he has and if you make a, a trade to to bring in a guard where holiday once again is out of the rotation i'm not sure that really uh does what we want it to do
3: right yeah that's that's why i think a lot of trade you know Scenarios where we where we've kind of just played around with the trade machine, whatever. You you do offer a Collison type player because you know I I mean between him and Corey Joseph, I mean their salaries are pretty much the same. So if you want to flip one of the other ones for the other, that's fine. I mean I, I just like I like Corey's defense better, and that's why I would trade him or I would keep him over Collison, and I think he could fit in that starting lineup fine. Um, but but most trades, you know, you're gonna get a, a Collison or a, a Joseph involved because. You're not going to get rid of Aaron Holliday. And um, today on Zach Lowe's podcast, he said that Memphis probably would not want to take on Tyreek, T.J. Leaf, and uh, Darren Collison for Mike Conley because they're not getting anything back of, of great value. Um, he said they might listen if you throw Aaron Holiday in there with a pick. But he said, at the end of the day, you, you don't really know what Memphis wants. Does Memphis just want to get off that contract, or do they want something great in return? So... I mean, it, it depends on what you have to give up to get a Conley, but, you know, it, at the end of the day, you know, this is about developing Aaron Holiday in that second unit without having pressure to be a go-to guy. And, um, Fauci, I know you're a big Aaron Holiday guy, so is is there a trade you see out there that would benefit him?
2: Uh, yeah, hey, I mean, it's a, it's a small move. It's not going to move the needle much, but... You know, with Lonzo Ball out right now, the Lakers do have a need at point guard and actually kind of have an opportunity to bring back a guy who's familiar with this system. Would you guys be opposed to bringing back Lance Stevenson if it meant kind of getting Aaron Holiday a little bit more minutes? We could ship them over. You know they would love Corey Joseph or Darren Collison in L.A. right now. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a move that more of a band-aid compared to surgery for this team. But if you don't want to add more money to the books, Lance Stevenson, he knows the team, he's familiar, he can hit free agency again, won't cost much.
4: I don't know if fans could handle another Lance breakup, though, if it doesn't happen, <laughs> if it doesn't
2: work out. but uh, the, the third one would be rough. <laughs> yeah, if they throw
4: in LeBron, I'd probably
2: consider it. Um... <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd listen to that offer.
4: So so, what was your
3: trade proposal then? Five uh,
2: the, the the trade proposal was going to be Corey Joseph for Lance. Maybe uh, since uh, Corey Joseph is making a little bit more money, you know, they can potentially throw in something else. Uh, obviously, I don't want to go too crazy and like take on a Michael Beasley and then mess everything up here. But uh, yeah,
3: they would just take him and cut him if that was
2: the case. Well, well that, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't want to bring in Lance and Beasley and then mess up a good thing. But if you traded Collison, um, he's making double what Lance is, so I'd be, I'd be curious what else they would throw in. But I, I stand by it. I think that Collison in the starting lineup is just so vital for the chemistry of this team that if Corey Joseph's not going to be back, I know he's definitely a great defender, for, especially for guards, but I'd be fine moving that if that's the move.
4: Yeah, we also just don't know what Pritchard's thinking for next year for these expiring guys. Like, which ones is he going to try to keep? Um, Bogdanovich, Thad Young, Collison, Joseph. Like, there's probably at least one, two, or, you know, maybe a couple of them that he will want to try and bring back. And so you don't have to see them traded and then come back to the same team. It doesn't happen very often. So, oh, to be a fly on the wall of Kevin Pritchard's office and hear those conversations that we just don't know what he's thinking.
3: Well, okay, let me ask you this, Tyler, you probably know better than any of me or Fachi here, but as far as, you know, injury compensation goes, can the Pacers, you know, get some severance for for that injury to a Lodipo? I mean, obviously they got that with Paul George and we saw the Wizards yeah. get it with John Wall too, so what what would that be and how does that work? Because I, I kinda forget how that all works out.
4: Well, to make things even worse uh, for the Pacers, I believe that that deadline passed about a week and a half ago. How
3: did it already pass?
4: So, I believe, if I remember right, it was like nine days ago, and they could have had like a it was like a seven or eight million dollar injury exception or exemption. Um, And I honestly, after that date passes, I don't know if there's even a little bit that they can get, but I do know that the main uh, the main exemption or whatever it's called has passed i mean okay. just adding insult to the actual injury that took place
3: yeah that's that's a blow um okay well i guess the last question we should <laughs> talk about then is with that roster spot now becoming available with the ladipa going on the ir is there any buyout candidates that you think could come in here and help this roster i mean i think i think the biggest toll the pacers have is power forward um you only have one true power forward i know you want, i know you can count tj leaf if you want to but Really, I mean Sabonis, Kylo Quinn, and Turner—all are all centers. Thaddeus Young is your only true power forward. Anybody out there that you guys could look at that might be possibly bought out as a power forward for this for this team?
2: Uh I have one, and I already think you guys are going to be against it. But is it Carmelo? <laughs> it's Carmelo Anthony. Oh my god! <laughs> all right, and, and I—I'm a sucker for Carmelo Anthony because I do still believe there's something left in the tank. And, uh, I mean, hey, if it's a as low of a risk as could possibly be in terms of money, then why not bring Melo in and just say, hey, we, we need we need him. Uh, we need a scoring punch. Uh, not saying that we need necessarily Carmel Anthony, but if you're asking for who might be bought out or who could be had for very little, Carmelo Anthony would love to play for a contender right now.
4: I'd, I'd think I would lean more towards Lance at the 4 than Carmelo. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: yeah, that's an interesting
3: or, one, Focci.
4: Or Sabonis. You guys know he's 7 for 9 from 3. He's preparing to be the stretch four next year. What do yeah. you think? No, no.
3: <laughs> no, the, the, the actually there is one player that I'd be can, I'd be interested <clears> to see if he does get bought out. I'm not sure if he will or not, but with Minnesota, Taj Gibson, 14 million dollars uh for the rest of the season. He's a free agent next year. There was I heard some rumors that he might be bought out i think he'd be a great fit for this team i don't necessarily think he would come here that would be the biggest problem but you know i wouldn't even be mad if they brought trevor booker trevor booker back i i really like the way he played last year and he um he's he's a difference maker i think and he's he's quick enough to guard power forwards because he's undersized um i don't think he's a great center but you know somebody like that i'd be okay with that as well just because you need to sure up that power forward spot unless you want to give alizé johnson some minutes but i just don't think he's ready yet
2: i don't think alizé is ready yet i think that taj would be a good fit i mean defensively i feel like that that really fits kind of what the Pacers have been doing but without oladipo you're gonna have to make up for that scoring somewhere and i do think for for a low risk high reward carmel anthony is my choice that that's what i'm going with i don't think that he would necessarily come to Indiana unless he's very short on options. I'm sure there's probably LA somewhere in there, but hey, if I'm GM, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm making the call to Chicago. saying, what, what do you want? Sabonis. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll hang up.
4: <laughs> I'm gonna give David. I'm gonna give David West a call and see if he can do one last tour here in Indiana. <laughs> that
3: would be cool. Yeah, I mean, listening to the podcast he was recently on with uh, Zach Noble and Ryan Malik, Josh from the Four Seasons. He is enjoying retirement and has no desire to come back. But that would be fun. That would be a cool story, though. Maybe Tyler Hansborough. <laughs> oh no! Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, is there anything else you want to you want to head on in this segment?
2: Uh, no, nah, just I, I mean, with, with uh, luckily the trade deadline is is right around the corner, being February seventh. So we will have this resolved shortly. Just about two weeks. Well at least feel like we know a little bit more of the direction of this team, and that's all we can do. We're helpless right now. We're just the only thing we can do is sit back and beat Memphis coming up.:
3: Yeah, two weeks from today, trade, day, trade deadline. so we'll I nice interesting <laughs> to see what happens. I'm having tongue twisters over here, but uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting nice to see what happens. So uh, let's wrap this segment up and we'll be right back. All righty, joining us right now is former Pacer Damian Wilkins, played for the Pacers last season. Good to have you on, Damian. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, guys.
4: Yeah, hey, Damian, this is Tyler Smith. Uh, I've uh, covered the Pacers the last five seasons. I've seen a lot of different locker room dynamics, and I must say, you made quite an impression in a short time with this organization, both with the team itself. And the fans, you know, everybody speaks so highly of you and, and your time in Indiana. So I hope you feel the love from Pacer Nation.
1: I do. Man, <laughs> That's it's good. Um, it yeah. can get overwhelming. It get overwhelming sometimes. Well, not overwhelming. That's not the right word to use. It's just surreal still. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, hey, I want to ask you about Victor Oladipo, obviously in the news. Today, uh, I saw on your Twitter account today a, a text message conversation that, that you had with Victor. In case fans didn't see it, uh, fill us in on what the text conversation was about. And also, you know, really just touch on this question. Who is Victor Oladipo to you? Uh, knowing him personally, how do you expect him to approach this injury and the situation?
1: Uh, no, it was just um, a little encouragement to him. Not that he needed more of it because, you know, if, if I know Indiana fans alone. Um, he's definitely getting a lot of support and you know, he just texts back um, you know, things that Vic texts back in his typical response. So uh, I was good to hear from him. Um he's a he's a great guy. I mean, I don't I can't say that enough about him. More so than anything, him is a, a, a player, he's a he's a good guy, he's a great guy. Um, just a genuine person. Uh, he comes from a a, a, a wonderful humble family um, he's a hard worker um, probably the hardest worker on the team and you know for that to be a best player that, that that's something that you know, I'm sure is a, super beneficial to a coaching staff and a team so um, he's you know I haven't even talked about basketball yet so mm-hmm. as you can sure. imagine like I said he just you know, I, I think highly of them, for sure.
2: Yeah. Hey, Damien, uh, this is uh, Mike Foschi speaking, and I got a great deal of respect for you because you, know, you did not have an easy route getting into the NBA going undrafted. But what I think is more remarkable was your comeback to the league in 2017 with the Pacers. Because after a four-year stretch where you know, you're playing overseas and in the G League, I mean, tell us, how close did you come to hanging it up before the Pacers called you?
1: Oh, man. Um, you know what? That thought never crossed my mind. It, wow. it, never, it never it never, crossed my mind. I I probably, if that chance wouldn't have come, That that one last opportunity, um, I don't know if I'd have, I'd probably still be in the G League right now or overseas, <laughs> depending. You know, obviously those things are circumstantial, but, um, you know, I've turned down a whole lot of money before to go to the G League, so I guess, you well, know, this time probably wouldn't have been any different. Um I'm stubborn in that regard though. Uh <laughs> but I guess it served me it served me well so far throughout my career.
2: That that's that's awesome. I, I thought it was amazing, you know, seeing you, a class act by the Pacers giving you that that start and you know giving you extended minutes in the last game, but it, I was curious, you know, with expectations kind of not too high around the league for the Pacers coming into last season. Can you tell us, like, what was the mentality like of that locker room? And what was it like to play for Nate McMillan once again?
1: Uh, no, the expectations weren't very high at all. Um, even after I had signed with the Pacers, you know, obviously I was excited. So I told friends of mine, family of mine, and they were like, oh, that's great for you. I'm so excited for you. But yo, you guys probably won't make the playoffs. <laughs> I was just like, like wow, like. You know what? Let me look at this roster again because I really don't even know who on it at that. That you know what I mean? Like I didn't know the entire roster, obviously. Um, but you know, in terms of the our locker room, once I got there it was, it was, I mean, shoot, I signed in July. I think I was there the end of June, and I didn't leave. Literally, stayed there from the time I was got there to the time I had to leave. Um, I, I and when I got there at the end of June, you know, ninety percent of the team was there, staff, everyone, ninety-five percent was there. So you don't see that in mm-hmm. in, the, in this league, in today's league, um, that early. And I knew then that these guys were relentless, and this is something that I wanted to be a part of. And you know, it just kind of took off from there. So we we all had you know, different things to prove and agendas that we just naturally and remarkably meshed together for one common goal.
3: Yeah, well, let me ask you this, Damian, are are you officially retired or are you still, you know, staying in shape and waiting for a phone call?
1: The the uh, protocol to retire in the NBA, you got to fill out this paperwork to, you know, formally announce all that stuff. And, um, for guys who are, for guys who are retired or are thinking about retiring, they probably already made the call to get that paperwork sent to them or have signed the paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done neither. Okay. Um, um, but I'm, I also have taken a job with the National Basketball Players Association and I do, I'm a regional representative for them and I kind of just go around and, Put together all the summer programs, uh, put together summer programs that, um, you know, players can use to help further their careers or make their careers better, both on and off the court. I um, meet with teams who I'm assigned to probably about four or five times a month, so I'm still on the road a lot and still around the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other than that, just networking, man, and, you know, uh, enjoying this time to get to learn some things from the other side. And, Hopefully one day get an opportunity to work in the front office of a team. But to answer your question, no, I have not officially yeah. retired and yes, I do still work out. And if the call <laughs> comes you better you better believe I'll probably be on the first flight out.
4: <laughs>
1: I respect well,
3: it. Yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta know the Pacers might be needing uh, a wing spot with Tyreek going to that starting lineup, so uh I know you're close with Kevin Pritchard, if, if he gave you a call and said, hey, you know, would you would you want to come back? Would you be on that call in five seconds?
1: <laughs> I don't, I think Kevin knows me well enough to know that he probably wouldn't even have to ask that question. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. I think he would just kind of say, hey, you know, it's here. Be ready or something like that. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be, do I want to? Because players want to play, right? Like, I'm right. still a, you know, consider myself a player. Like, I want to, it's hard like I'm only what a year not even like a year, literally a year of the last game I played in the Pacers uniform was January the sixth, uh wow. against Chicago. So that's that that wasn't that long ago. Mhm. You know, so since then it's you know, I haven't gained any weight or <laughs> started <laughs> playing golf or anything. Right. <laughs> Yeah,
3: well, I, I mean, I was just curious because you know you, you obviously fit in with that team already, so you have the chemistry down. You would you would be a seamless fit in there, and you know, I mean, you, your opportunity got cut short a little bit with the Pacers, obviously towards the end of that end of the season last year, the midway points, So, uh, but going forward with the Pacers, obviously with this injury to Oladipo, um, you said you know Pritchard pretty well, so. What do you expect him to do with this roster? Do you expect him to let him ride it out, or do you think there's a move that he might make to try to bolster the talent a little bit with the loss of Oladipo?
1: Well, KP is a competitive guy. He wants the team to remain as competitive as they are now. Um, You know, and and, and there's a void. There's a void uh, uh, in the Eastern Conference, right? Like a huge void. You know, with 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 twenty three on the on the left coast now. Mhm. Um, so, you know, I think there's an opportunity there I think they know that. Um, but to get a talent, you know comparable to Zix, I think you have to also, you know, get rid of someone that maybe you you might not want to get rid of if you're the Pacers or if you're Indiana. I mean, I, I take chemistry over talent. Mm-hmm.
3: No, I, I agree with you. It's a
1: uh... yeah. I take I take I take chemistry over talent, and it's worked. best, best <laughs> most of everything, on the basis. I would. I don't know if I would tinker with it too much, but obviously there's some room for. Things that maybe they need to maybe do, but I just that's a delicate one. It's a delicate
2: one. I mean, we saw last year that this team you know really valued chemistry enough to the point where they didn't want to change a thing. It, it would be interesting to see if um, they did that two years in a row, um, as you mentioned, with LeBron on the west coast. That the, the time to really seize the opportunity was this year, so. Obviously, with the trade deadline uh, coming up in two weeks, there will be a lot of questions until that's answered.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then you know you got to think about it. Like, you know, you you do you go out and try to do something to 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 chase the Eastern Conference Finals or whatever? Do you go out there and, and make a move and to do that? Um, but what about next year? You know, when Vic returns, so it has to be something that you know may or may not work for this one season or something that also meshes well when Vic returns, like moving forward. So that's why I say, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic, and it's a challenge that I'm sure KP and Chad and those guys are certainly going to meet. So.
2: Hey, hey Damien I got one last question for you. I, I think that we're all kind of a little bit curious that, you know, last year was such a breakout year for Oladipo and Sabonis when they came over from OKC, but – what was the biggest changes that you saw them make from day one of last season to present day?
1: Uh, the biggest changes that they made, um, I just think they got hungrier. I think both guys just got hungrier, you know. Domas he even seems now like he's he seems now that like he's even more hungry. Like he seems like he, he And, you know, he, like he, he's so much more confident now. You can see it in his game. So, his game is taking a stride. Um, you know, and then you look at Vic. You know, Vic has always wanted to prove that, you know, he's a superstar in this league. But, you know, his game just continues to evolve. But now I see he's not, you know, he's not forcing anything now at all. Like, he's not. He's a lot more comfortable. Um, the ball is, you know, he's finding The people making his teammates a lot better now than, you know, he didn't affect. Like, he's just stepped up everything that a guy, you know, with as much responsibility as he had, Um he can act for. I mean, you know, I don't know what it is about the Pacers. You know, he's just got the formula for improvement.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think Pacer fans are a little bit sad, obviously, with the with the situation to Victor Lodipo. They, they want to see this team succeed, and, you know, it's just like we felt like we had a good chance, like you said, without LeBron, and then you get this slap in the face with the injury. So just trying to, you know, maintain that level head and just be positive for the future. What would be your last bit of advice for, you know, Pacer fans that are a little bit frustrated with all the injuries? What would you tell Pacer fans, you know, going forward with the rest of the season?
1: That the players in the locker room are just as human as they are. Yeah. Guys in the locker room feel that same disappointment and they still have to go out there and perform despite it. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they they still have to go out there and perform despite that void of, you know, one of our our brothers. And, you know, one of the brothers that carried a heck of a load for us as well. So, players feel that. So, you know, you got to Give the team time to kind of figure it back out again. Mm-hmm. You know, like how are we how are we going to play? Well, who are we going to play through now? And how much of you know those guys' roles change a little bit now? You know, Miles may need to become more aggressive offensively now. Darren Collison may become more aggressive offensively now as well. It's Corey, uh, yeah, you know, obviously Domas is going to. Pick up a little Tyreek Now is going to pick up a low Thad is going to have to be more of who he's been um, in these recent weeks, which has been amazing. So um, everyone has to step up, but you know, fans know it takes. It doesn't. It's not overnight that that happens or that comes together. Right. The entire recipe. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, we really appreciate you coming on and taking some time to talk with us about um, just where you're at and what the Pacers are got going for them. You know, with the Ledeepa being out and. You know, hopefully, towards the end of the season, we can have you back on again and uh, just talk about all the uh, all the improvements that they've made and where they're at going to the playoffs.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Anytime. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yes, appreciate thanks it. a
2: lot, Damien. Thanks. Damian. Have a great we day. Appreciate it.
1: Bye.
3: Thanks, guys. Another episode in the books. Tyler is good to have you back on again, man. We missed you. Uh, trying to holding, be back. Trying to hold the fort down. Obviously, not the same without you, because we need some level-headedness in this conversation. But um, <laughs> you know, me and Fachi are out here pulling out trade trade ideas left and right, and you're just like, yeah, whatever. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's nice to have some level-headedness in there. And Fachi, as always, good to see you back on here again.
2: Always, uh, always, always, always great chatting with you. And hopefully for the next episode. I mean, hopefully things are looking a little bit better. I mean, obviously the trade deadline won't have been there yet, but we'll have a little bit more answers, I'd like to say, moving
0: forward.
3: Yeah, and I I do want to say lastly, before we hop off, um, my man Sean Thorne, him and his wife went to the Pacers game Wednesday night, courtesy of retweeting and following Setting the Pace 3. Uh, DM'd him those uh, tickets. He got in, had a great time. Him and his wife had a blast, so... It's always nice to see some of our listeners and our followers being able to, you know, go to a Pacer game. Uh, I think this might have been his first game, too, so wow. getting to go to a Pacer game and being able to experience that, unfortunately, he had to be there for the entry, but seeing a, a great team win, 110-106, uh, awesome first game for him to be at, and, you know, I'm glad that we could do that, and hopefully we can do that again soon with another giveaway. Um, I think that a lot of people were excited for it, and... I like to give our listeners something back in return for listening to me ramble for 45 minutes. So, uh guys, any final words?
2: No, I'd say, hey, just uh if you never know what you're going to get, so you might as well follow setting the pace and find out, because you could be the next lucky winner. Tyler? Well, guys, let's close it out.
4: Yeah, I just think that um... – Life is not fair, and um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, still thinking all the depot. Here's the thing, though: you know, things happen. You got to move on and get stronger. Knowing Victor, that's exactly what he's going to do.
3: Yep. All right, guys, well, we'll see y'all next week when we talk to you guys here on Setting the Pace. Thanks again for listening. Follow us on Twitter, Setting the Pace Three. Until next time, peace out.
2: Let's go, Pacers, dude.